tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Recorded live. Wow. Thank you, Dave Nielsen, for leading us into yet another exciting episode of NSDF Power Radio. Welcome, everyone, listening today, tomorrow, and into the future. I want you to get comfortable for another powerful broadcast of National Seizure Disorders Foundation's weekly recorded talkcast, Power Radio. Hey, we're here every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and we invite you to join us as we bring order to seizure disorders by discussing with an open and mature mind a variety of topics related to living with seizures. So if you have a topic in mind that you want us to discuss, please let us know your thoughts. Yes, we want to know what you have to say. Go ahead and comment on our Facebook page. That would be facebook.com slash NSDF37029 or our Google Plus page. That would be plus National Seizure Disorders Foundation Burns. Or, of course, our website at nsbf.us. I guarantee that when we hear that you have something to say, one of our leaders will be following up because we want to hear from you. Now, a reminder to all listening today, tomorrow, and into the future, we are not medical professionals. We're a compassionate crowd of experienced seizure survivors and caregivers. We take inspired action through compassion to help you increase your self-worth while being surrounded by leaders that will love you without condition in a judgment-free safe haven of support. NSDF Power Radio is open to the general public, so be sure and invite your friends and your family to listen in to the recording of tonight's show all week through our website or into the future through the TalkShoe archives. It's important to know Power Radio is not an hour of fear or blame or drama. This is an hour of awareness, an hour of support, and an hour of rising above our shared diagnosis. We overcome fear and all emotions attached to fear through compassion and love. So join us on our journey tonight. When you're ready for support, acceptance, and enlightenment while living with seizures or caring for someone living with seizures. Power Radio is just one of the services offered by NSDF to guide your life in the direction of positive seizure management, peace, and joy. Discover more about National Seizure Disorders Foundation and what we have for you at our website. And again, that is NSDF. Dot U.S. <laughs> 
give everyone listening today, tomorrow, and into the future the best possibility of hearing every powerful word spoken through the show, I've requested that our producer mute everyone for the first few minutes. So stick around if you have questions, comments, or just want to share an experience from your seizure journey. Our producer will be opening the line soon. Please do respect the voices and time of others. Keep your comment to the point, and before you speak, remember, listen twice and speak once. This may prevent guests from talking over one another. Tonight, as we move forward, I want to share the gratitude of our partners. MFIT Corporation, makers of the seizure detection monitor made for beds of pediatric and adult seizure survivors. Smart Monitor, maker of SmartWatch for seizure monitoring. Seizure Clusters Connect, bringing our community information and support for seizure survivors living with seizures. Oh. Our trusted trainer, guardian of the night canine, the trainer we provide, excuse me, we prefer to use to provide the nation with highly trained seizure service canines, and last but not least, Pura Vida, the manufacturer of our preferred epilepsy awareness bracelet. You can see these partners and more through our website at ns. Df.us. Tonight we have a special announcement for powerful prayer. While you pray in your own way this week, please continue to lift members Katie, Marcia, Corey, Liz, Jennifer, Tinley, Priscilla, Leah, Kay, Melody, David, Whitney, and Eli. These are just a few names in current need within the loving arms of NSDF. If you have a seizure-related need, please reach out to NSDF. I promise we will reach back. If you want to hear your name stated on our prayer list every week, please do let us know and we will let the world know that you need prayer so that when they pray, when the people of the nation that listen to this recording pray in their own way, they can hold your name up so that um, the power that you believe in, the healing that you deserve will come your way. Think about that. Now, as stated earlier, the staffing guests of NSDF Power Radio are not medical professionals. Anything you hear on NSDF Power Radio or read in the written resources given during the show are for your awareness and support only. Should you be so inclined to take action, please discuss any of your changes to your diet, your medical routine, your self-care routine, or your exercise routine with your own medical team. National Seizure Disorders Foundation is not responsible for the decisions made or the growth experienced by individuals listening today, tomorrow, and into the future. 
Now, before we dig into tonight's topic, I want to uh, stay with tradition a little bit and share something recent that's come across the Office of National Seizure Disorders Foundation. Now, um, many of you that join us for Monday night's Power Hour know that we've been talking about compassion. Well, I want to share some stories of compassion tonight. And in my sharing right now in this moment, I want to share a specific compassion. This is interesting. People may not think of this as compassion. I want to give thanks for the compassion that uh, 311 people that I have yet to meet have shared with National Seizure Disorders Foundation. That compassion was in purchasing the items that created the donation that flowed into National Seizure Disorders Foundation this week. Think about that. Think about how that relates to compassion. Those people wanted in their own way to spread awareness, to represent themselves and their loved ones that uh, are affected by seizures. They wanted to do that to the point where they put up the small amount to purchase a Pura Vida bracelet, and in turn, that compassion was shared with National Seizure Disorders Foundation so that we, in turn, can share that compassion with you and uh, keep things going, keep good programs coming your way. I want you to think about that as you go through your week. And as I stated a moment ago, tonight is all about compassion. So what we're going to do now is we're going to open the phone lines. If you're in chat, our producer will convey your comments to us. If you're listening in live and want to participate and you want to talk about compassion, perhaps you have a story of compassion you want to share. Perhaps, um, perhaps you're in need of compassion and you want to share a little bit about that. Perhaps you don't even know what compassion is, and you want the leaders here to share with you what compassion is and how NSBF compassion can work in your life. So what do you say? Let's move forward with this journey this evening. Go ahead and open the lines. I want to hear what people have to say tonight. And who do we have waiting to speak? Hello. Hello. Uh, can you uh, tell us your first name and where you're calling from? Um, Jennifer from Massachusetts. Yay, Jennifer. Hey, how you doing, girl? I know you've uh, you've been on here before, so. Um, you want to let us know uh, how you've been doing this week and uh, share with us, if you can, if you have an example of compassion, share some compassion that you felt. Um, I, um, I'm not sure. Um, compassion. 
Um, I uh, I was trying to buy those bracelets. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't find the thing on the uh, computer. It wouldn't let me buy them. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it wouldn't let me put. It wouldn't let me purchase them. But <laughs> I did try to buy a couple of bracelets today, but they it wouldn't let me uh, purchase them. I was having the trouble uh, ordering them. <laughs> but. <laughs> Okay, okay. Because I, I, I saw those. They were very pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, Compassion, I, um, I I went out to lunch with my uh, brother's girlfriend today, and we had a nice discussion um, about my mother um, who passed away. Um, uh I I got upset, but it it was nice to remember my mother today um, and get it out. Um, I don't know if that's compassion, but it was nice to remember with someone how nice my mother was. Uh, is that compassion? Yes, that's, no? that's, a, no? that's a fine example. <laughs> that's a fine example of compassion. You know, whenever we have a loved one that's passed, it's always nice to sit with friends and recall memories. And it's always nice when when friends open up that discussion compassionately, when they want to share those memories with you, when they want you to um, to to bring up those happy memories. You know, yeah. that that is a form that is a form of compassion. That's a very good example. A very good example, and I want you to know that someone will be with you to help you with your purchase of those bracelets. Okay? Yes. Okay. All right. So, do we have anyone else waiting on the line? Hi there. This yeah. is Tom Kapernikar. Welcome. 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 And uh, oh, where are you coming you. from? Richmond. Excuse me. Tom, what, uh, you, what state are you calling from? Richmond, calling. Virginia. Oh. Seems that we have two callers speaking at the same time. Oh, she can go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, Richmond, Virginia? Okay, and what have you got to share with us today? Well, um, thing, things are right now going okay. Yet a few days ago, I had a mild seizure. And right now, I'm doing better. I've been having a lot more trouble with my body aching. With the, I found out the other day I have osteoporosis along with a bunch of other things. But the blackouts, as I call them, they come on real quick now compared to what they used to. I'll be, let's say, in the shower or sitting down in the living room and just all of a sudden one will come and I don't have enough time to sometimes prepare and ask my husband. Sometimes I'll say, I'm getting ready to have one. And as quick as it comes, it seems like it goes, but the after effects last so long too. It's just as great as if I'd had one a minute long, if if I had one that long. But thankfully, mine are not as severe as a lot of other people. Yes, yes. 
Now, have you spoken with your doctor about these episodes? Uh, last time I went to him. But okay. um, I had spoken about medical marijuana because the General Assembly here had passed some type of a bill for people who had uh, epilepsy who could use it. It was my understanding. So a month later, I was all excited and going and talked to him about it. He turned around and said to me, the doctors uh, or uh, the uh, state does not believe that it's safe to use yet. Something in that area. And I had just seen where they had passed a little bit of a law. Not fully well, to where everyone can. Well, let me bring some clarity to that. Many times, doctors will refer to your specific seizure disorder, your specific seizures, and much of the time, medical marijuana will only work for specific seizures, specific seizure disorders, uh, specific um, situations. You know, for instance, in my case, I, too, have unpredictable, uncontrolled seizures. I have seizures of many, many different types, and there was a time that I used to have many, many, in fact, hundreds of seizures a month. Uh, medical marijuana was brought into my life. The idea was brought into my life. Uh, my daughter and I spoke with our epileptologist about it, and he gently explained to us that even if it was legal in the state of Tennessee, we would literally have to be uh, using the medical marijuana more often than we were using the chemicals, the Keppra, mm -hmm. the, the anti-epileptic drugs. We would have to be using it more often. It would wind up costing more money, and it may or may not work because of our specific condition. So when you revisit your doctor, I want you to be bold and ask him, Ask him, why did he say that? You know, what, what fact does he have to back up his statement? Yeah. Well, I was, I, was putting, I was surprised when that happened because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, yeah, you were surprised. I understand that surprise. And um, see if it has something to do with your specific seizure disorder or your specific seizure type. Now, I've heard, and um, and let me repeat, this is just, uh, me hearing this, this, there's no research that I found yet to back this up, but I have heard that medical marijuana works better with children. So it may have something to do with our body chemistries as we grow. It may have something to do with our brain chemistries as our brains grow larger um, as we become adults. Well, personally, so, uh, I don't know of, of any people who are taking it, who are adults. Every time I see something on Facebook, it's always about the children taking it and helping them. It mm -hmm. may, needs to be permitted to be given to adults equally as much. Well, I know children are important, but we adults who have suffered uh, with it, uh, for me, it's uh, uh, 64 years this October, and I would I, like I to not have any. I understand your frustration. I understand your frustration. And now uh, let me ask you, have you done any research that, uh, that will help you understand how many adults are taking medical marijuana for seizures? I have, not seen, I have not seen how many adults, no. Mainly children. Okay. 
Okay. Well, that might be something that uh, you want to delve into, or, or maybe um, you can have a friend help you out with delving into the research okay. on medical marijuana and adults with epilepsy. Thank you. I'll do that. Yes, yes definitely, definitely. And so do we have uh, anyone that uh, wants to speak up next? Well, I would like to speak about the conversation you just had. Okay. Not just about the medical marijuana. Okay. Now, uh, you want to state your first name and where you're calling from? My name is Tom Kapurnikar. I've called in yes. here before. Um, yes. I live in western Pennsylvania. Okay. And I don't know how many people with epilepsy just concentrate on going to a neurologist for their epilepsy. But I know I had a big change for the better whenever I started going to an epilentologist. Mm-hmm. That my doctor, that my neurologist referred me to. Yes. Because the epilentologist studies an epilepsy, studies epilepsy itself, concentrates, and they they can actually do a lot more. They actually understand a lot more about epilepsy than your your average neurologist. Not that they're just average, but mm-hmm. they're still very helpful. Mm-hmm. But I'm very interested in this mer- medical marijuana also. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I encourage you. I encourage you to do your own research on the medical marijuana and bring that research to your epileptologist. Yes. Well, as going on two years this coming September in a couple of months, um, I've been seizure-free now for two years because of the surgery I had, because of surgery, brain surgery I had. So right now I'm really not too worried about the mer- medical marijuana for myself. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people out there that could definitely use it. Yeah. Yeah, there there are a lot of people. Um, however, you know, many people want to reach for it for uh, for a cure, and it yeah. may or may not be a cure. You know, there needs to be more research into it, and we all need to do our own personal research right. and, bring that, and bring that research to our doctors because right. we know our bodies better than anyone else, and our doctors know our epilepsies better than anyone else. Right. So we need to work together as a team to come up with the better answers for us. And sometimes there are cases where there are no better medical answers, medical marijuana or not. Very you true. Know, and, I, and, I am, and I am one of those cases. And in those cases, where do we turn? Where do we turn when our doctors say, well, there's nothing else the medical community can do for you? That's when we turn inward. That's when we start healing ourselves healing one another from the inside out. And how do we do that? We do that by first using compassion, wanting healing more for each other than we would want it for ourselves. Exactly. And wanting it for ourselves, too. You know, it all starts with compassion. And that's why I wanted to share some stories of compassion tonight, because the more we hear about compassion, <laughs> what it is and, and how it affects people, the more we can discover it in our own lives, 
And when we discover it in our own lives, we can live in that emotion. We can live in that compassion. And, uh, you know, this may be a little too far out there for some people to understand, but the more we feel compassion, the more we live in that emotion, it really does begin to heal us from the inside out. And that has been proven. You know, I have read the research where hormones are released, healing hormones are released in our brain whenever we feel compassion, whenever we feel joy. You know, we don't have to have a joyous or compassion moment in that, in, you know, in that moment, but we can relive those emotions. And those emotions are what um, release those feel-good hormones and those healing hormones. And that's what helps us heal from the inside out. Exactly. And for, some of us, for some of us, that is our best hope. If I so if I may, yeah, go ahead. If I if I may, speaking of compassion, I'm an avid church goer, mm-hmm. and my church community we are very family family oriented. We are one big family, and whenever I was having my seizures and stuff, we all made sure everybody made sure I would get my would be able to get to my doctor's appointments and get to any other appointment I may have had for an EEG or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of compassion that really means so much because you know every it seems you know everybody is on your side praying for you. And then now that I'm seizure-free and I'm able to drive, I'm able to pay it back to them mm-hmm. in one way or another. So I kind of agree with you with, with about the compassion. It really helps mm-hmm. in many ways. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And um, And I'm so glad to hear that story of compassion. You know, it's wonderful to hear when people surround you with love and compassion and when they support you in that way. That's something that many in uh, in the epilepsy community, many that live with seizures of all types, that's something that, that many don't have, you know, and that goes, um, that, that reminds me of of an all-too-common saying, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, for those, piece, for those people that don't have that compassion around them, what they want to see in their world is compassion. They want to see love. They want to see joy. They want to see compassion. And if you're one of those people listening today, tomorrow, and into the future that wants to see more compassion, that wants people around you to help you out more, I want to encourage you to examine compassion. Relive compassion in your life. If you need help with this, if you need help discovering, seeing the compassion around you, I want you to turn to National Seizure Disorders Foundation. Let the leaders here lead you into compassion so that you, in turn, can be that compassionate change that you want to see in your world. And, you know, it uh, it really is that easy. You may be stuck in a situation that, that doesn't sound that easy, but it really is. 
Exactly. So do we have anyone else waiting on the line ready to talk? Yes. yes. My name is Josh Ledbetter. Okay. Yes, I'm from Kansas City. And I've had epilepsy 31 years. And I tell you, growing up was not easy. <laughs> well, welcome to the family, Joshua. Yeah. I was so much different. It was not easy. But once I got older, like you talk about confession, that's what I had to learn. Mm-hmm. In the past 31 years, I've had two brain surgeries and all the different medicine I've been on. I'm not 100% seizure-free. But once I learned compassion and knowing that there were others out there, I wasn't letting the epilepsy control my life. Very good. I'm not. I'm able to live with it, and I'm able to help others. Mm-hmm. And people need to know that they do have others out there when they think their life is gone. There's there's nothing they can do. But their family will be there for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it is. Wow. It will help them if they turn to God and start praying. A lot of people don't understand that, but God is with us fighting this same battle. And yeah, for those for those that are listening that believe in that higher power, you know. Um, I do subscribe to that religion. And but many but many don't. So we do have to consider them because we're all in this together. We're all one family. So I do I do subscribe to that religion and I do believe in the power of prayer. And and I encourage others to believe. If if that's in their wheelhouse, if if that's in their realm of possibility, is believing. However, some have found their way into into darkness so much because of epilepsy, yes. because of their seizure disorder, that they refuse to believe in a higher power. And so, have you ever considered what would you say? What compassionate words would you have for someone that um, that says, you know? No God would give me this epilepsy. There there can't be a God because I have seizures. Have you ever thought about what compassionate words you would use for a person that has that uh, mindset? See, that's one thing I've talked to others about. People are wanting to know why we are put in a situation like this and all you can tell is God has a reason for that. Yes. He has a plan for all of us. And people ask, well, if he's got a plan for this, why won't he help us take care of it? They need to understand it's not our time, it's God's time. He knows when things will work out for us. That is true. And would you agree that a little a little amount of belief, a little amount of faith goes a long way? Yes, it does. Yes. Yes, I believe, too, that um, 
when you believe in a higher power, whatever you call that higher power, when you believe in the power of prayer or positive thoughts, that you have to have that key of faith also. Yeah. You have to you have to believe in those things. In those yeah. things. It's like so all the Yeah, thank you so much for adding to the conversation. Okay. Uh yeah. now I want to give others time time to speak up. So do we have anyone else waiting on the line? Please state your name and where you're calling from. Yes, my name is Star Phipps and I'm calling from Lawrenceville, Virginia. And I've been able to, I have a passion about um, educating people and raising epilepsy awareness. Um, I had the pleasure of, at our support group meeting uh, on Monday night, I had the pleasure of meeting Lowell G. Evans and hearing more about his story and the book, The Village. And it just um, made me just have a deeper compassion for I'm trying to educate the masses and educate people about epilepsy and all of the things that people who uh, live with epilepsy daily have to have to experience so that people can have a better understanding and have more compassion for those who um, live daily and manage epilepsy. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. You are being the change that you want to see in the world. Congratulations. And and I want to um, help you become aware that what you're doing, you know, even though at times it may seem like uh, just small things, just baby steps, I want you to help uh, to uh, become aware that those baby steps are very powerful. Even in those moments, when you are spreading awareness and it seems like no one's listening, I want you to know that the masses are listening. They're listening to your emotion. They're listening to your story. They're listening to your words. They're listening to your lifestyle. And that is what I believe seizure disorders are, is a lifestyle. When we show others through our compassion, through our actions, through our emotions, that epilepsy does not have us, then we show a strong example to the world of what powerful people can be. So thank you so much for calling in tonight and adding to the conversation. Now, do we have anyone else waiting on the line? Yes, I just saw Lowell from Virginia Beach. How's yes, everybody doing? welcome, Lowell. Welcome to the family. Doing good. What have you got to share with us? Well, um, the lady just, that just spoke, uh, her name is Star Seps, if I pronounce that right. Um, That's right. My, uh, well, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> my, my dedication <clears throat> increased Monday night after meeting her and her group uh, led by Christian Strickler in, uh, in Poirier, Virginia. The star is a person that is an example of an overcomer. And I had no idea she's going to be there. And it just shows us, as long as, long as we get the word out, we, we're going to become what we need to become, which is going to be a voice, epilepsy. We, we're going to become one big voice of epilepsy. Yes. And that's what needs to be, that's what society needs to see. Because so many people have hidden their thoughts and their situation behind the closet, behind closed doors for a long time. 
now with people like us that's on this phone call, others we have talked to, others that couldn't call in late, but have called in before, if we come together as one with a positive attitude towards society, they're going to hear us. We, we will become a voice for epilepsy. And that's the goal. Yes, Lowell, and I want to add to that something that um, that you may may or may not have thought about before, but uh, in just a little tweak of your words, you know, we are a voice. We're not becoming. We are. We are a voice for epilepsy. We are a voice, and we are being heard. We might be being heard by one person at a time, but we are being heard. And the more compassion that we show, the more strength that we show, the more love that we show for the general public and for one another, the more we will be that change that we want to see in the world. Do you agree? I totally agree. I mean, that's what I live on because I know that if anybody's going to help me, they got to know what I'm doing. If anybody can help anybody that has a challenge in life, they have to know what, what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's no sob story and stuff like that. It's just a fact. It can happen to anybody at any time. But the, the, way to make it, the way to make it is that you help you, 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 your, you're your brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what we start to live together as one. And that's what I saw on Monday night. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, my wife and I, we made the trip. And it was it was one of the best meetings I ever been to. So um, it, it's happening. Believe me, it's happening big. Yes. yes, yes. And that's so good to hear. That's so good to hear. Awesome. So, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so all. glad that you all. I'm I'm so glad that you all were able to get together. And you know that's something that. I want to see more and more of across the nation. I want to see live support groups where we're all practicing compassion for one another and for our world that we live in. And when we see more live support groups, more extensions of of what we now have on the Internet and and on the phone, um, when we see more and more live support groups, our voice will grow louder. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. So do we have anyone else uh, waiting to chime in? Speak up with your name and your uh, state that you're calling from. There was a young lady on the phone. Is she still there? I'm still here. young lady. Okay. <laughs> yes, you are. How you doing, Lowell? I'm doing fine. Who's this? EJ. Oh, doing great, EJ. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Thanks for the call. My pleasure. Like I said, we all make a plan. If we can each get another person to call in on a Wednesday night like this, think how fast we'll grow. Amen. What I'm doing right now, I'm on Facebook. And anybody that's on Facebook, all I'm doing basically is copying the call ID, the call-in number, the PIN number, and send it to them so you can call in if you like. Mm-hmm. Tom, mm-hmm. Jennifer, Star, yeah. EJ, we're all together. We're going to make it happen. It's great. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
So uh, is anyone out there listening in this moment that has a story of compassion they would like to share or some, some uh, words of wisdom for the group? I have something I'd like to share. Okay, go ahead. It's um, Thankfully, it's not bothering me that much, and uh, I almost feel guilty that it's not. When I was a young kid in fifth grade, there were two boys, but one in particular, that used to tease me all the time about having blackouts. And one uh, boy even would get out on the playground and would twist his arms and make faces and have saliva running down him and everything and, and walk with the limp. And I was nothing at all like that. But nobody back then, even parents, would ever take up for me. That fellow died uh, this past Sunday. What from? A tumor. Now, I'm not for certain exactly what the tumor consists of, but I'm thinking, isn't that strange now? He teased me so much when I was a young kid in elementary school about what my problem was, and he dies from a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you something know. to think about. And I think of the old the old sayings that all the older folk used to say when I was a kid. Be careful what you say. It might come around to you and things like that go through my mind now. So, I'm thinking of, of, of that from what I used to hear the old folks say. He was 63 years old. Mm-hmm. 63, wow. Hey, Tanya, this is David H. Paul. Yeah, yeah David. David, do you want to speak up and add to the conversation? Uh, ma'am, what's your name? E.J. E.J., thank you so much. I'm so sorry that I missed that earlier. Please forgive me. E.J., can I ask, can I, could we do a flip the switch on that, on that, um, on that what comes around goes around idea? Yeah, please. You know, isn't it, isn't it sad that that gentleman um, got a tumor? I know it. Yeah, now now let's just, just follow along with me, okay? Because we're not gonna, we don't want to keep beating the drum on the negative end of the stick here. What we want to do is we want to we want to switch it to compassion. Are you, are you ready? Can we do it together, EJ? Okay. Okay, this is gonna be really fun. All right. So EJ, so this gentleman, you know, I mean, you didn't, you have no idea what he went through after, you know. And for him, when he was a little kid, he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know any better. Maybe he thought. It was it was funny, or maybe he thought he was being cute. Maybe he got a lot of attention for acting that way, right? We don't know. We don't know. I don't, he may not have ever ever even really knew, you know, that that he that um, that he was hurting you by that. If somebody had pointed it out to him, I bet you he would have changed it. Would you agree with that? I I would hope that he would have. You would hope, he right? And he, he would he hope, did right? Stop, yeah. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that folks uh, don't realize is that when we go around with compassion for other people, when we go around asking that question, That's I wonder right. what's going on in his life. I wonder what's going on in her life. I wonder what kind of pain they might be going through. You know, I wonder if they would, it would help them for me to go up and ask, you know, are you okay? You know, do you need my help? You know, if we flip that switch and we go around and we're and we're coming from a place of compassion, of love, and uh, and I try to understand where people, our our fellow man, are coming from. In that way, we flip that switch to the compassion end. And what do you think is going to come back to us? I understand that now. Love but when I, and under, but when yeah, I was isn't that, that amazing? Young, 
Right. So let's not tell the butt story anymore. Let's not tell the butt story anymore. Beating the end of the stick that doesn't feel good helps nobody. That is true. Telling the end, telling the compassion end, helps everybody. Yes. Hey, hey David. Yes. Um, Star has a the lady I met Monday night. She has a very uh, good story about compassion. Uh, Star, can you tell them how what happened to you? The, the doubt that you went through. What happened at the end? Say that again, Louis. Can you tell them about the people who doubted you and what, how things turned around for you to how the doors opened, like college oh, and everything? Yes. Um, I think um, I've, I've learned, too, that, and I often use now my experiences um, with epilepsy. Initially, my mother was <clears throat> probably my my only advocate, I think, early on, and there wasn't a lot of literature um back in the late 60s about epilepsy. And I had teachers that did everything from trying to put me in special ed um, too. But but my mother protected me. But when it came time for me to graduate from high school, um, my mom had a plan. Her plan for me was very short-sighted as far as I was concerned. She would have been comfortable with me being at home, working at a local store, living with her, um, and never going anywhere because in her mind she felt that if I went out into the world um, that she could no longer protect me and that I would be laughed at and ridiculed. And uh, So in my mind I thought I was going to go to college and I got accepted at a college and my mother, who was my biggest advocate, became my biggest naysayer at that point. And um, everybody made comments about how I was going to come crawling back on my knees. I was going to get my feelings hurt. The world was just going to rip me to pieces and hurt my feelings mm-hmm. about the strange disorder that I had that no one really understood. And so I decided that I was going to go anyway. Um, no one thought that I was going to be able to stand the, be able to weather the, the stress um, of going to college, and I didn't even have enough money to get to the town, but I had gotten a scholarship, didn't really understand what all it was going to take, but just knew that that was going to be my ticket out of poverty and out of this sort of, I didn't want to be a third-generation project dweller. I didn't want to be, I I knew that there was something more for me, and I felt as though I could learn also more about what was happening to me, and, and maybe somebody out there would be able to to give me some remedy for what I was going through. So I left, and um, I had enough money to get to High Point, North Carolina, and I was trying to get to Greensboro. And uh, so I left my trunk. I had a trunk and a Marine Corps duffel bag. Um, And I got to High Point, North Carolina, and I didn't realize that I had 32 miles to go to Greensboro. So I hitchhiked. And a couple of people picked me up, and I met a um, a couple who um, the first couple of people thought it was just crazy and bizarre what I was trying to do and um, were afraid for me. And then I met a husband and wife who I made it to Guilford College, but I was at the wrong end of Market Street. So I still had 19 miles to go. But this couple picked me up, and I told them my story, and 
I was just trying to get to Greensboro, you know, to the college. And uh, they made me call and let my parents or somebody in my family know where I was and that I was okay and that they would take me. So they took me. And then when I got to the campus, I'm in the line of registration. I'm home free. And then I find out that you have to have money to pay for the room and board and for the books. So I just break down and cry. And then, and when I tell this lady who comes to console me what why I'm so upset because I have no money. And I still got to find a way to get to High Point to get my trunk because that was everything that I owned. And so she gives me a note and a um and a letter, I mean, a note to take to a gentleman in another building who turns out to be the dean of arts and sciences. And I tell him my story. And so while I'm talking to him, he's writing. So he ends up writing me a letter and two checks. One check was to go to the dormitory to um, have um, to get a room and that the dorm mother would give me make me resident assistant so that I could have a free room. And then the other other check was for the books. And then a letter where I could go get a work study. So here are these people who know nothing about me except for my story and my tears. And he asks me, he makes me promise that when I graduate that I will pay him back his money um, with um, with interest, and so I said that I would, and I stayed, and I didn't turn back, but the people that I thought would care most about me um, doubted me and told me that I couldn't um, do it, and uh, I stayed, and I still had some rough times, but I, I made it, and when it came time for me to pay him to graduate and pay him his money back, uh, he would not accept the money, and he told me that he was he was uh, uh, proud of me. But um, and I think I uh, I said all of that to say that sometimes people um, there's somebody I, I believe in prayer and I believe that my steps were ordered. I didn't know or see that then, but I think that every single thing that happened along the way, good and bad, even that very situation. The, the Lord had somehow ordered my steps. And for all those people who were my blood, who should have, I felt, been there to support me, he replaced them with good and kindly people like these people who saw something in me and said, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to help you. And so that's how it went. And for yeah. all those years. So sometimes yeah. you, when you're in the midst of a situation, you don't see anything but the negative. Um, and But all those people had a situation in their lives that I later learned about that made them have compassion for me and my story and where I was, what I was trying, uh, trying to do. So the lady that was talking earlier about people mistreating her, I remember that. I remember the people who doubted me, who made fun of me, who made up nicknames for me. But then and when I think about it and then I look back, every last one of them had a cross to bear, too. They were all going through something that I, I, maybe it was because of my age at the time. I didn't really see or understand. And I, I've learned this. 
people fear what they don't know about. And I think that's why it's so important to educate people about epilepsy and what it's like to live with epilepsy because many people don't. They don't have a clue. There are still so many myths and stigmas attached to epilepsy that I sometimes now feel sorry for people because they don't know. But that's the time when you tell you, you, you tell them. You educate them. And I used to hide it back then. That's the time you want to talk about it. Compassion star, yeah, now right? you have to have compassion for them when they feel that way, when they say those things. And that's the only way I found that you can change that is when you turn it around and you have compassion and you educate them, they have a better understanding and I think a better uh, feeling. I think it convicts their spirit. In a, in, a, in a way that they, they didn't realize that. They didn't realize what what the things that you suffered through. And and you may even find that when that happens, you'll find out a little bit about what they're suffering through too. That's right. Amen, Star. Thank you. See, that's why you know, I'm well, your, your book, The Village, uh, that whole story, um, you know, tells the story about all of that. Oh, yes. It tells a story of, of, you know, of a community coming together in compassion. And I highly recommend it to everybody. Someone's out there to help you. Someone will help you somewhere. That's right. That's why I enjoyed Monday night. (laughs) Yes. Wow. It's it's incredible. And so, as I see that uh, we're coming to the end of the hour, uh, does anyone have any closing words? Personally, for me, if we can set a goal of maybe reaching out to have another person uh, call in next Wednesday night, add another person to your list to call in. Yes. If we can, you know, make that work. And let's spread this thing. I mean, it's spreading already. But, you know, like um, Star said, you know, some people just don't know. And when you really educate them, you got another person on your side. You really do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. Okay. I think my, my big thing now is I've just been thinking a lot. And after um, starting to read the book, The Village, and to meet Lowell, I think my my thing is, you know, don't just be an echo. Be a voice. Yeah. Stand up for your, you know, for yourself and for um, those who suffer and live with um, epilepsy daily. And don't be afraid uh, to do that. So boldly be a voice and not just an echo, not just, you know, a little voice in the background, but a bold voice in the yeah. forefront. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it, folks. Tonight we have increased our awareness and we have increased in strength. I want to thank Lowell for inviting so many people to Power Radio tonight. Together we are better. We've also learned that we have power in our voice. And together, using compassion, we can feel better. We can be better. 
So this week I want you to check in with us through our website or social media pages. Let us know your thoughts. They are important to us. Did you learn something new tonight? What's your story of compassion? Do you want to know more about compassion? Have you developed a sense of support tonight? These are just some of the questions that we want to hear answers from you. I invite you to follow National Seizure Disorders Foundation on Facebook at facebook.com NSDF37029. And also, remember our Google Plus page. There we post the updates, the information, and the inspiration moving forward. I want you to enjoy tonight's recording on our website at nsdf.us during the week and through the TalkShoe archives. Oh, and uh, please do take notice. Every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, you can join us again for NSDF Power Hour, an hour of live support through Google Hangouts. And as you connect with us over there, we'll go ahead and add you to the growing list of our favorite people to hang out with on Monday nights. So be a part of a growing movement to bring order to seizure disorders. Share the goodness of NSDF and Power Radio to let others know you care. We're giving you the opportunity to join us in sharing gratitude through compassion. It's easy. Simply share the goodness of Power Radio with all of your online connections to let everyone know powerful people support National Seizure Disorders Foundation. People like you, the ones that participated tonight, the loyal listener, people like our producers, Susan and Jason, people like David and Lowell, part of a growing leadership of NSDF, people like our sponsors, our partners, our donors, and our members. Share so that others may become aware. If you've enjoyed tonight's show and wish to be a part of keeping us active, please connect with NSDF and let us know you're ready to give of your time, talent, and treasure. One of our leaders will be with you to help you see that there is hope in making that happen. We invite you to come again to NSDF and share yourself, your experience, your need, and your gifts. We welcome you, we accept you, and we love you. I want to thank you all for joining us tonight from the beautiful state of Tennessee. This is terrific Tanya Heathcote speaking for all the NSDF and Power Radio staff, guests, and partners, wishing you better health, peace of mind, and the presence of abundant love. Why? Because I can think of no better gift to give. Till next week, good night, everyone. Good night.